Trump is about to pull the trigger that could change culture. And I think this is the culture we need to get into. The southern border is a disaster, and another mass shooting starts the age-old debate about us losing our rights. Of course, the media had to screw it up first. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbass Talking Politics. So... Great news. President Trump has been banned from Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, Reddit, Twitch, Shopify, Google, TikTok, Apple, Discord, Pinterest, Amazon, AWS, Stripe, Okta, and Twillo. <sighs> what is a billionaire supposed to do while sitting on the toilet between 11 and 1 a.m.? 11 p.m. and 1 a.m. I don't know. How about this? How about build your own social media site? That's what Donald Trump is going to do. And unlike uh, what happened with Parler, he's going to do it right. This week, the Trump Organization made a statement about how they are going into the business of social media. Trump advisor Jason Miller stated, quote, The fact the president's been off social media for a while because his press releases, his statements, have actually been getting almost more play than he ever did on Twitter before. I'm not sure if it's because of the length of them are a bit longer. We even had one reporter say that she thought it was much more elegant the way that the president was able to communicate his thoughts and very much looked more presidential in the longer form. You know what? That's absolutely true. President Trump looked like presidential whenever he stayed off social media and whenever he was actually speaking in front of a teleprompter. And he has been doing that. And he's also still been rude. He's still been obnoxious. He's still been, uh, you know, going after people and things like that. But when he does it in front of the cameras, when he does it in front of a teleprompter, even if he doesn't do it in front of a teleprompter, he sounds far more presidential. And I think it must be the way he is, but he also just looks like a fighter, which is what you want in a president, which we don't have now. So, uh, continuing... But I do not. I do think that we're going to see President Trump returning to social media in probably about two or three months here with his own platform, and this is something that I think will be the hottest ticket in social media. It's going to be completely redefined. It's going to completely redefine the game, and everybody is going to be waiting and watching to see what exactly President Trump does. But it will be his own platform. End quote. Miller said Trump has not has had a lot of high-powered meetings at Mar-a-Lago with numerous companies about creating a platform that he hopes will bring in tens of millions of people. Well, here's the thing. If Donald Trump creates another social media platform, it's going to take in tens of millions of people. There are three reasons why you can expect Trump's platform to just take off. The first reason is because uh, people are sick and tired of the uh, social media industry shutting them down and shutting down the voices of who they loved. And that's a, that's a huge problem for them. 
I mean, I, people loved what listening to Trump on Twitter. It was actually entertaining. And some of it had some social value. It was fun to watch. But the social media company has to keep Trump off of social media, especially now because of Biden, how he is screwing up absolutely everything right now. And can you imagine Trump on Twitter talking about the border crisis, talking about the gun control, talking about that $1.9 trillion, quote, rescue package, end quote, and talking about now his um, new tax plan that's going to be between 4 and $5 trillion. Joe Biden is looking to spend $5 trillion. We haven't talked about that yet, but Joe Biden is looking to spend $10 trillion this year. And doing this with no Republican support. What do you think Donald Trump is going to be like? So people, they want to hear him. They they already know that uh, they are going to get shut down if they say the wrong thing. If they say that, no, you can actually stand, you can actually give grandma a hug during COVID after you've gotten the vaccinations. You could be suspended for that. If you refer to a guy who thinks is a girl as a guy... You can actually be suspended for that. People are getting sick of it. So that's one reason. People are tired of, tired of cancel culture, which the modern social media industry does right now. And they want to hear from certain people. And that includes Donald Trump. The second reason that this is going to be horribly popular is because Donald Trump is on it. Do you know who would be the first person to join Donald Trump's platform? It's going to be Brian Stelzer. It's going to be CNN. CNN and MSNBC, CNN's viewership is down 50% from election from um, Inauguration Day. MSNBC's NBC's is down, I think, 26%. It's under 30%, but it's well over 20%. People want to hear from the president. The most watched shows on Fox are the ones where the president is speaking. He has spoken twice on Fox News, and both time, viewership went through the roof. When he spoke on Newsmax, viewership went through the roof. And it's because they do want to hear from them. And again, this kind of meets up with my last point. Is that people are tired of being shut out. They want to hear different views. And they know the views at CNN are twisted. They definitely know the news. And by the way, I don't blame MSNBC for this, but the news at MSNBC is twisted. It's because they've got an agenda. And the final reason why I think Donald Trump's platform will work, it's an escape for all those that are just sick and tired of left-wing platforms. Donald Trump is going to do this right. He's going to build his own uh, server farm. He's going to build his own interface. He's going to have his own uh, terms of service. And I guarantee you they're going to be a lot more open than that of the uh, Twitter or the Facebooks or the Instagrams and the other 80 different social media platforms. And this is what really is important about something like this. As conservatives, conservatives are going to have to come up with their own 
um, with their own culture. Right now, we have no culture. We don't have any of the institutions, and it seems like the culture of the left is beginning to shut us down every shot they get. And what we need to do is start our own culture. And that includes, that that may include our own institutions, maybe our own school institution, our own entertainment, which we already see now. We see this with the Daily Wire that is starting their own movie services. We need to start our own movie services, our own movie companies. We're already seeing this happen with books, where you have publishers that are now beginning to take in conservative publishers, uh, uh, conservative books, because they already see they're being stripped down, they're being shut out by others, by the mainstream publishing companies. We need, we've already started our own news industry, Blaze TV, Daily Wire, uh, Epic News. Uh, Wall Street Journal is still, I, I think, right-wing. Um, and to a small extent, uh, uh, Dan Bongino show. Dan Bongino actually started his own site so that he could bring up Drudge-like news stories in the same format as Drudge, but not changed, not left-wing. This is going to be important, and it may have to go further. It may have to go where we start our own economic companies. We have our own, we already have our own health insurance. It's already out there. But we have to start separating. This could be the civil war, the cultural civil war we've been talking about. It involves just getting rid of the left-wing media and letting the left-wing deal with them. One of the things I've always said, if you get canceled or you get into trouble, never apologize. Especially if you meant it and you were right. You just said something that isn't, Uh, happy. Here's the problem the left is having a lot of problems with. They're having a lot of problems getting apologies from anybody right wing. Anybody right wing. And the reason they're having a hard time getting apologies is because what we're saying is right. It's not wrong. Hey, men are men, women are women, uh, sex is not malleable. The army needs to have standards and those standards need to be in place for war because the purpose of the army and the military in general is to kill and destroy things. And the more people you can kill and the more things you can destroy, the more powerful and respected an army, a military that you have. And women in uh, pregnancy flight suits is not an intimidating or even a lethal part of the military. Not a popular take. Not a popular take. But a real but it is reality. It is reality. And people are getting tired of it. Economic systems. I mean, Trump was kicked out of uh economic things like Okta, Twillo, um uh Shopify, Google. These are things that have nothing to do with politics supposedly. But a Apparently, they do. So, yeah, I think this is a great thing. I wish he would have started his own uh, news service, but we do have news services out there. You have Newsmax, OAN, Fox News, which, by the way, now Fox News is up by 50% on anybody. You have Daily Wire. You have Blaze TV. You've got 
um, Andy No, you've got Fleckus, you've got Crowder, you've got a, you've got um, uh, Dave Rubin, you've got tons of people you can listen to, and it's a it's a great great thing. Now another thing that just keeps getting worse, and it's <laughs> nobody seems to be doing anything about it, is the border crisis at at the southern border between Mexico and the United States. Let's talk about some of the updates with the border crisis. And it is a crisis. I know the Biden administration doesn't want to call it a crisis and they can call it what they want. I personally think they are fighting so much. That poor Jen Psaki is fighting so much trying not to call it a crisis. Last week, she did call it a crisis by accident. And then she had to take it back. Of course, the right wing news media is going off on that saying, oh, she called it a crisis. Well, yeah, everyone's calling it a crisis now. She just messed up. I mean, I don't think... I, I don't know if she thinks it's a crisis or not. I don't know how the Biden administration does not think it's a crisis. But maybe. I don't know. I don't really care. It is a crisis. So today, uh, the Mexican president, who, by the way, I can't remember his name. This is something I just heard. Um, the Mexican pre president has already called Joe Biden the immigrant president. And he did not mean that in a positive way. See, here's the whole secret. Mexico doesn't want this either. Mexico does not want a lot of people leaving Mexico. That's one. Two, they don't want people from Honduras, El Salvador, and Guatemala going through their country to get to the United States border and then have to sit outside the United States border trying to figure out how to get in. That's two. And number three, the cartels are making a mint off this and they're gaining power. That is the big thing. A cart, the cartel supposedly through human trafficking is making about 14 to 15 million dollars a day on human trafficking. And the last thing that me the Mexican president wants is the cartels gaining more money, more power because the United States can't keep its head out of its ass. All right. So that so today uh, the Mexican president was asked about the, the border crisis, and the Mexican president obviously thinks this is a border crisis. This is a huge problem. And he said this was 100% Joe Biden. He is causing this immigration crisis, and he's not doing anything about it. Now, you'll hear from the Biden administration, they're, they're trying to blame the Trump administration for not actually fixing this. The only problem with that argument was they didn't have 200,000 people hitting the border like they do now. They are expecting in March, 200,000 people will actually be trying to be caught crossing the border. And by caught, I mean they walk over the border and then they just surrender. So, there, but there's a bunch of things that are going on. The first thing is the Biden administration has these facilities where they're holding the children. And by the way, the children, 13, 14,000 children are being held right now, which is way above what several presidents in the last 10 years have had combined. So it's record number of unattended children coming over the border. And these facilities are now 800% over capacity. Realistically, they're 750% over capacity. 
The Biden administration, it is so bad at the Border Patrol sites that the Biden administration refuses to allow reporters to actually see these sites. Today, there are supposed to be 16 Republican senators that are actually going to visit the sites, and they are not completely sure that they're going to be able to get in, but they will throw fits. One of them will be, um, one of them will be uh, Lindsey Graham. Rand Paul supposedly will be going too. Senator Ted Cruz, which shouldn't be that much of a trick. He lives there already. Why? Why so many unaccompanied children? Because the president has just been screaming empathy for the last three years about the border situation. And they, the parents are sending these kids over, sometimes with uh, human traffickers, and they expect that chain migration will bring them over too. By the way, with possibly 200,000 people crossing the border, what about COVID? Is that not an issue anymore? With the capacity of the border facilities, holding facilities being at 750% over capacity. Um, don't we worry about COVID? Well, apparently no. Apparently we don't have to worry about COVID. And it makes you wonder whether COVID really is truly an issue. 10 to 20% of those that come over the, the border have the virus. 10 to 20%. A lot of them are just being released. Children are being kept back-to-back in plastic tents, sleeping in on pla- plastic mattresses, and being covered with mylar blankets. If you don't know what, it, you'll hear aluminum, metal blankets. They're actually mylar blankets, and it's the same blankets that you are co- that the astronauts are covered with while they're sleeping, and the same blankets that you as a runner gets at the end of a race when you're over cold. The capacity is 700 times per tent over what it should be. So apparently this is not even a thing. But how's the Biden administration trying to deal with it? Well, the government has given the Border Patrol $86 million of taxpayer-funded money so that they can house illegal aliens in hotels. You know, the same hotels you're not allowed to be housed in because... Of COVID? These people are being housed in hotels. Border Patrol has also reported they are now releasing people, illegal aliens, into the interior without even citing them. Now, if you know how that works, a person who is illegally in this country typically couldn't be sent back until uh, the stay in Mexico policy by Trump, which Biden overwrote. And so what would happen is you'd be cited and then released into the interior. If you went back, if you were one of the few that actually went to your court date as an illegal alien, you were then sent out again with another citation for another court date, and then typically no one ever showed up. So now we're not even citing people. We're just sending them out. So... The Biden administration has set up this gag order, but unfortunately, pictures and video is getting out from what is happening within these facilities. Axios received dozens of very revealing photo 
of the li- photos of the living conditions of those fas- migrant facilities. And guess what? They ain't great. And Sarah Carter, I believe she's of the Heritage Foundation. She's a contributor to Fox. She actually received video and shared it with Fox. The video, Fox has not independently verified the video, but Sarah Carter said it has been verified. So I've seen the video. It looks like you've got hundreds of kids within one facility, one area, one tent or containment center, and two or three people that are actually monitoring those kids. I don't see toilets. I don't see showers. I don't know how much food they're getting. It is merciless. It is cruel. I cannot believe that it is more merciful to let these kids stay in those facilities than it would be just to send them back to Mexico to their families. How's the Biden administration handling this? How serious are are they taking this? Well, this from Kamala Harris pretty much sums it up. Do you plan to visit the border? Uh, um, not today. <laughs> but um, I have before and I'm sure I will again. Joe Biden was asked the same question. Joe Biden said, no, he has no plans to go to the border anytime soon. And he know, he said he knows exactly what's going on down there. You know something? He does. Hey, This crap is not an accident, a mistake, or just bad policy. This whole thing is being done on purpose, and it's being supported by the left. This is what's going to happen. They're going to continue to allow unfettered migration. doesn't matter what you do, what you did. doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter what disease you have. makes no difference. You're going to be allowed into this country. This will create more dependence on the government, because the government through poor immigrants, uneducated immigrants coming over the border, are going to have to depend on something to eat. And they're going to depend on the government. And the competition for low-wage jobs is going to go straight up, which is going to create more unemployment, more competition, or more, excuse me, dependence on the government for welfare, food stamps, unemployment, things like that. The next step will be to create amnesty so that illegals become citizens. That's right, citizens. That will allow them to vote. And they can never get kicked out. And at that point, theoretically, Democrats will rule the world because they will just have created their own voting space. Now, I know that's a cynical take, but it sure looks like it's happening. It sure looks like that's what they're talking about. They're talking about making everyone legal. This isn't a good thing. This is not a good thing. And I got news to you with after a $1.9 trillion res- quote rescue bill, end quote. We don't have any money anymore. All that money is being printed. They're already talking about inflation in two to three years. And inflation beyond all belief. You want to pay 10? You think your gas is expensive now because it's gone up a dollar since January 20th? You're going to be paying 10 to $15 for a loaf of bread and a gallon of milk. 
That is not unheard of. That's what happens in certain places. Go to Venezuela. This is exactly when you have people depending on the government that much. It's insanity. And I, I, I'm scared for my kids. I am scared for my children and my grandchildren because hopefully I'll be close to dead or very comfortable by the time inflation begins to hit. My kids won't be. They will be suffering through this mess. Okay, so the last story involves the shootings that have happened in the last two weeks. Um, so we, we all know there's been a shooting in Boulder, Colorado earlier this week. The media did exactly what they do. Uh, they claimed that it was just another white supremacist shooter. And they based this off the fact that the shooter was actually captured and dragged off in handcuffs uh, by the police. And he looked white. They compared this to last week's shooting of a white guy who killed eight people, including six Asians, at two massage parlors. Now, again, there are a couple of problems with this. The second perpetrator ended up not being a white guy. He ended up being a Syrian refugee who's been in the country most of his life. Uh, he hated Trump. And he believed this country was filled with racism. Now, I don't think this Syrian, this thing was about terrorism. I don't think so. But he had extreme mental problems, including hallucinations and paranoia, according to his family. So the guy was violent. The FBI, good deal. Yeah, get take our guns away, folks. Because the law enforcement will help us, yeah? The FBI knew about this guy. Didn't do anything about him. And the family said he was a violent guy. And the other problem that the media had is everybody that he had shot ended up being white. Not a person of color among them. I find it amazing that when a guy, white guy commits these crimes, it is because of white supremacy but if a person of color commits these crimes, it's because of guns. And that's exactly what happened. There is a great meme released by a guy. And it was meant as a joke. And I saw this on the Dan Bongino show. And I think I, th I, think I, should, I should actually tell you about it. It's basically a list of the... Well, hold on. Let me see if I can find it. Here she blows. It's called the Media Narrative Chart. And what this chart basically says is how the media is supposed to react. So I'll post this on the website at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. It's by a guy named John Gabriel from ricochet.com. And it was meant as a joke. But if you read some of it, it's not really a joke. Just to name a few, he said, if the attacker is a non-white shooter and the victim is white, then the media calls for gun control. If the attacker is a white shooter and the victim's non-white, it's because of racism and white supremacy. If it's a non-white shooter, a non-white shooter and a non-white victim, then they run something about the Kardashians. If it's a police officer against a non-white, it's police brutality. If it's a non-white shooter of a police officer, it's a reaction to brutal police brutality. If a male attacks a female, it's sexism. If a female attacks a male, what? wait for it, 
you got it. It's a reaction to sexism. If a female shooter shoots a female, then there are calls for gun control. And it does the same thing with Muslims. If it's a non-Muslim attacking a Muslim, it's Islamophobia. If it's a Muslim attacking a non-Muslim, it's reaction to Islamophobia. And if it's a Muslim attacking a Muslim, well, then you talk about the Kardashians again. Do you see the point? Do you see the thing here? It, I know that whole thing was a joke, but it's not a joke. That's exactly what the media does. It's right on. So anyway, I, I thought that was fun. I'll, I'll put it on the website. You can look at it. Uh, but this has started again because it was a Muslim not a terrorist. I do not think that there there is talk that he has some ISIS ties or tried to become an ISIS member, but there's no evidence of that. So let's not even, let's just say he was a nut job. His family, who <coughs> has no ties to ISIS, said, no, 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 no. He's just crazy. And so I'm going to believe that. So this guy, they have to say, this is not white supremacist because everybody killed was white and the guy who did the shooting was a Muslim. They decided that, okay, this is going to be called uh, gun control. Just like I just read. We're going to have, here's Jen. So Joe Biden has said that, you know something? We're going to do gun control. And if the, the Congress doesn't do anything about it, what we're going to do is I'm going to sign in a bill through an executive order issuing some sort of gun control. Jen Psaki pretty much reiterated, re reiterated this. Listen. But, uh, thank you, Jen. A couple questions on guns and sure. the AAPI representation. Um, at what point would President Biden consider taking executive action instead of waiting for Congress to wait? In other words, how many measures would have to fail before he stepped in? I think he sees it as a, um, vital to take uh, steps on two tracks um, because congressional legislation, as the vice president conveyed this morning, obviously has a more permanent lasting impact. Uh, executive actions are, of course, a, an important lever that every president has at their uh, disposal. There's current discussions and analysis internally of what steps can be taken. That, that has been ongoing for several weeks, even before these two recent tragedies uh, that, um, you know, he looks forward to uh, getting an update on and, and seeing what can be moved forward on that front as well. So he's not waiting for anything to fail is, is really the answer to your question. Uh, what executive actions do you think he's most likely to take? Uh, it's a great question. I have it myself as well, um, but it's an ongoing policy process internally. I will say that his view, the vice president's view, and our policy team's view is that um, it's not just about uh, addressing uh, gun access. That's important. Uh, and obviously, there's legislation that's under consideration on background checks that they both strongly support. They want to see move forward. Uh, it's also about addressing community violence um, and uh, you know a range of issues uh, that are root causes and, and kind of lead to the the uh, the deaths and the uh, and the uh, impact that we're seeing that's so troubling. Got it. Thank you. And then on the other issue. Okay. First off, bullshit. There, he knows exactly what he's going to do. He knows exactly what he's going to do. He's going to do it. It's going to be extreme. And it, community issues have nothing to do with anything. He doesn't care about Chicago. He doesn't care that there were 15 shootings in Chicago over the weekend and that Chicago averages between 15 and 30 shootings a weekend. He doesn't care about that. He doesn't care that gun violence has gone straight through the roof in Los Angeles, New York, Boston, and Washington, D.C. He could care less. All right. 
It's about getting his guns. Only The only thing I can be absolutely sure about his executive order, it will be extreme and it will be unconstitutional. So let's take a look at the gun control arguments because I, I know I'm way over already and I don't care. This is the problem when I don't have a script. I, 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 I just keep talking. So here are the big arguments for gun control. Okay. So the Second Amendment was referring to militias, not private citizens. That is false. Private citizens were the militia when the Constitution was written. In fact, you were required as a family, any, you had to have a gun for each male fighting age male in the household, and you had to have a set amount of ammunition per gun. That was per law back in the 1800s. So you had to be prepared to fight. The Second Amendment protected muskets and not assault rifles. False. First off, there is no definition for an assault rifle. That is, any, any weapon, a knife, can be considered an assault weapon. Muskets back in when the, uh, when the actual Constitution was written was considered an assault weapon, a weapon of war. When private citizens who were actually traveling via ship were attacked by pirates, the private, those private citizens, those that owned the ships, asked if they could have cannons on their ships to protect against um, to protect against the pirates. Guess what the government said? Well, no, it, we can't take away your rights to protect yourself. So yes, you can have. A cannon on your ship. So apparently they were really open about what they considered an assault weapon or what you could actually have as a weapon. An assault weapon is not even really a term we can use. Assault weapon. Now, this is another argument. Assault weapons bans in the past have worked. That's false. There was an assault weapons ban back in about the late 90s. And Biden was one of the guys that actually pushed this. And it lasted for 10 years. And the reason it expired and no one did anything about it is it didn't lower gun violence. In fact, since that ban, and I think it was ended in about 2005 or 2006, gun ownership has gone up 50% and gun violence in the country has gone down 50%. This is the dirty little secret. Actually, gun violence is not going up in the United States. It is going down. So that's not what's happening. The other argument, gun control works. False. Chicago, Los Angeles, New York, Boston, and Washington, D.C. have the most stringent gun control policies in the country. And they also have the highest levels of gun violence. Vermont, which is another left-wing state, has the easiest gun ownership laws. They have the least restrictive gun ownership laws. And they have less deaths per million than any of the other cities. Here's another one. <clears throat> the United States has the highest level of mass shootings in the world. Fact check? False. Since 2008... 
in the last 10,000 years, in 10 years, the, I'm sorry, not 10,000, the last 10 years, the U.S. has been always number 10 to 12 in the levels of mass shootings. Countries like Norway and Sweden have more, in France for that matter, have more mass shootings than the United States. Albania has a lot of North African countries where they actually ban weapons, have more mass shootings than the United States does. This is another good one. I love this one. I've, I've seen this one about eight times today. No one needs an AR-15 for home protection. And they definitely don't need an AR-15 for hunting. False and partially true. False in that most AR-15s are actually used for home protection. That's because they are small, they are easy to handle, and they don't have any kickback when you shoot them. A child could shoot an AR-15 for protection. And AR-15s typically are not used for hunting. It's actually, guess that, get this, weird. Hunting rifles are used for hunting. So this is not, and that's because of the size of the armament. AR-15s typically, typically, not all of them, but typically use a 223 bullet, which is basically a modified 22. It's high capacity in that it will, it's a high volume. It'll shoot faster and it'll hit harder. But when you're shooting an antelope you're, or a buffalo or a, a deer, you're not going to want that small of a bullet. You're going to want a, a larger bullet, a 30-odd six. So this is not true. Finally, this is the big one, and I've, I've heard this one once. And I think you're not going to hear a lot of this stuff because this is really bad, and Australia says it doesn't work, is Australia had a gun buyback, and mass shootings are almost unheard of in Australia. Fact-checked, false. Mass shootings were never heard of in Australia. And by the way, if you look at Twitter, people sit there and, and they list off all of the mass shootings. And the problem is all those mass shootings happened in the last 10 years. And suddenly you say, well, there are 12 mass shootings in the last 10 years. And you're saying that's the reason we need to get rid of weapons? Of all of the murders in the country, these make up three, four hundred deaths, and that's a reason to get rid of my guns? Make me a criminal when I legally purchased a weapon? That's exactly what they're trying to tell you. And by the way, Australia's gun buyback program failed miserably. It failed because only one-third of the weapons were actually turned in, and like I told you, they already didn't have a lot of mass shootings. They had that one mass shooting in, um, uh, I can't remember, it was that park in Australia that killed 30 people or so. And of course, they had the Christchurch shooting in, um, in uh, what was it, New Zealand, and they did the same gun buyback program, and it's proving not to work anyway, either. But the big problem is um, it doesn't matter if it works or not. The reality is New Zealand never really had a lot of mass shootings in the first place. So they have nothing to compare it to.
So what do I think the Biden administration is going to do? They're going to implement restrictions on certain types of scary-looking guns, typically AR-15s. And by the way, AR-15s, you'll hear this, stands for armor light. doesn't stand for assault rifle. So that's what he's going to do, get rid of all the guns. They're going to implement restrictions on magazine sizes. Even if certain magazine sizes are default magazine sizes and size, and you can't really change them. For example, you can't have a magazine size on an AR-15 that holds five rounds. It, it's just impossible to create something like that. I mean, they will eventually. They're going to create a gun owner's database. This includes the type of weapon that individual has, the ammunition that individual has bought, the number of guns that individual has, the name, phone number, and address of that individual. Yeah, that's going to work out. By the way, I did talk about this in a previous podcast, but I'm going to talk about it again. Yeah, that's going to be great. And the exact location of those weapons in the house. Yeah, I got news for you. No, not going to happen. People are not going to go for this. Uh, fire in firearms insurance will be required and firearms insurance will run $800 a year. So not only do I have to pay $400 for my weapon, I have to pay $800 for insurance per year. He's going to require psychological testing, including, uh, psych well, we'll talk about background checks in a second. So in other words, I'm going to have to go to a psychologist that is government approved and be asked whether I'm crazy or not. I don't know how that's going to stop anything. When you buy a gun today, you're asked whether you have any psychological problems. And I'm pretty sure those that have psychological problems are probably going to say, I don't know. No, I don't. The federal government will do background checks. Now, this is going to go a little further. This is going to do uh, the psychological testing and the background text che uh, checks are going to do two things. One, they're going to slow your ability to get a gun. They're going to implement a bureaucracy that, that stops you from buying a gun anytime soon. So right now, I believe it's a seven-day hold on handguns. And I believe you can have a rifle right away if you have the right... Um, well, no, I don't think you can have it right away. I still think they have to do a background check. But you can have a rifle pretty quick. But it's seven days, seven to 14 days for a handgun. And it's going to be three to maybe three days for a long rifle. And that includes shotguns. Well, now what they're going to do is they're going to throw so much bureaucracy in this and they're going to federalize it. So background checks are not done via the state. They're now done by the federal government. And that includes psychology, the psycho psychological tests, that it's going to be impossible for you to get a gun within three, six, nine months. Yeah, this is great. And, you know, combine that with the database where everyone knows where we are. It's just, yeah, none of this is going to work. Finally, they're going to remove the protections of gun manufacturers. So now a gun manufacturer like Smith & Wesson or Beretta or Sig Sauer can now be sued by people who are killed by a Beretta or a Smith & Wesson or a Sig Sauer, which is complete crap. If I'm driving down the street drunk and I run over somebody and I'm driving a Ford, you can't sue Ford because I ran over somebody. But that's what they're basically saying right now. Now, I know there's this big talk about common sense for assault rifles. Uh, common sense uh, gun laws for assault rifles. 
But here's the reality. They're coming after everything. They're coming after your handguns. They're coming after your shotguns. They're coming after your long rifles. They're coming after everything. This is just a start. You watch. The second this is done, well, we eliminated... Um, we eliminated assault rifles. Now let's get rid of handguns because here's 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 the dirty little secret: handguns are actually involved in more violence than assault AR-15s. I almost said assault rifles. There's no such thing. All right, an assault rifle would be a military-style rifle. You hear ever hear that? Military-style uh, rifles include burst and fully automatic. You can't have those already. They're already done. You can't have them. You can't even have, right now, I think it's illegal to even own a bump stock because it can make a rifle seem like it's automatic. So this is just an absolute load of crap. They're coming for everything. And it's because the government wants full control. Because look at Venezuela. This is the most recent one. They took away everyone's guns. And look what happened. The Second Amendment is there to protect people from other bad people and the government. That's what the Second Amendment is there for. And a lot of people can make those arguments. They're not going to hold up. Okay. <clears throat> I went a lot longer than I wanted to today. Uh, you can visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. Uh, you can uh, follow me on uh, you can follow me on uh, Parlor and on Rumble at Dumbasses Talking Politics. You can follow me on Twitter at Runnin' Fool R U N N I N F E W L. You can download or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, and YouTube. This is Gene. You've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs>